0: Let's yeah. talk about cities a second. Longview, Texas, decided yes. they wanted to stake out the city. Correct. Um, I was actually attacked in my living room during a Bible study. And a young man did $40,000 worth of damage. Yes. Then he was normal again and apologized, and they wrote a check for the damage. And, mm-hmm. and next thing I know, the local ministerial alliance asked me to come tell them what I was doing about spiritual warfare because our crime rate was the highest it's ever been in it's every category. Murders, yes. rapes, and robberies were through the roof. They were. And so in January of 2017, we staked the entrance to all 30 places where you can get in the city of Longview. And we prayed for Jesus to be the king of Longview. And we invited the Holy Spirit to come here and the work on the heart of every unbeliever to prepare them for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. And amazing things started happening. Crime dropped 45% in hey, 18 nice. months. 45%. Forty Crime dropped 45%. In 18 months. That's that's That
1: doesn't happen naturally. There's something when you have that big a statistic, you have to credit that to the Lord. Or, Amen. You know.
0: So we've staked out every year. We put a new issue on the stakes each year. This last year, we put no witchcraft yes. and no sexual perversion. Amen. Those are the two things. The other day, I got a call from, speaking of cities, I, think I got a call from a guy in... I'll just call it West Texas. I won't tell you where it yeah, was. I probably don't need to do that. And he said he went to the city council meeting and the police chief stood up and said, well, crime has gone way down. We don't know what's going on, but crime has gone way down. We don't <laughs> see a reason for it. Yes. And another councilman said, well, and we've got these businesses moving in here. This little town, we've never had businesses moving in here like this. It's gone crazy. And another guy said, well, we've got a housing development because of the new businesses. It's just like a domino effect. Yes. And another guy stood up and said, well, I know why this good stuff is happening. We staked the city with these verses on Bible verses on States You need to look up Steve Hempel. Mm-hmm. So this retired general called me and ordered a whole case, which was 250 stakes. You can't make this stuff up. God's word is still powerful. He's it's, still on the throne and prayer still it's, works.
1: It's the word of God. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's fun. I've got so many stories. They finally taught me into doing a podcast. I do a podcast called Battle Plan right. with Steve Hempel. and it's yeah. on all the podcast networks and also on our website. Our website is active fateorg I think it's in your notes for the, yeah. for the yeah. show, too. So
1: I just want to share a story. I know we were, my brother and I were over at, uh, we were at another city. I'll say I'll be vague, too. And uh, this sweet little lady wanted us to come to her house after we had finished this meeting. We're like, sure, you know, we, we weren't in any rush or anything. And so we follow her to her house. She gets out and opens the door. And as soon as she opened that door, I'm standing outside about four foot, and I just felt this uncleanness and just this spiritual atmosphere. and yeah. It was like it just came at me. yeah. And uh, Bo, uh, my brother was in front of me, And my brother turned around, and just with his lips, he said, start praying. Mm -hmm. And he sensed it, too. I thought, well, I'm not the only one. So we go in, and she takes us into the living room, and we sit down. And as we're sitting down, all in front of us are uh, magazines and things that she has received in the mail that are uh, horoscopes. Uh, readings spiritual stuff psychics and yes and so here she was and we had the opportunity when she she gathered what she needed and we sat down and before we even talked about anything else we wanted to address and i mean i'm in her house so i was a little bit like yeah you know this is this is her place so we said you know uh, how how did you how are you getting all this? I mean, it was just all over the place, you know, magazine rack holders. Yeah. And she said, well, I was sitting at home with a lady one night and someone came on the TV at night and they said, you know, do you feel lonely? You know, do you have bouts of depression? You know, we need to get you hooked up with this spiritual leader and, and, She gave him a donation, and that's how it all started. She gave this person a donation on TV, and before you knew it, said in her mailbox that she had so much stuff coming in from all these different uh, people that her mailbox was so full that she would just take it out. And so we sat there, and we uh, told her, let's take all this stuff and let's go put it outside in the trash can. Let's just get it out of your house for now. Let's get it out of here. And then we sat there and we began to pray for her. Mm-hmm. And she just began to call out upon the Lord. She began to cry. Wow. And it was just such a dramatic thing. And, and I mean, you know, this is not in Africa. Okay. This is in East Texas, okay? Right. East Texas, a little widow lady. The last thing I'm expecting to experience sure. And she breaks down and starts crying. She said, "I should know better." You know what she said? What she said. My father was a Baptist preacher, uh-huh. and my sister is just on fire for the Lord. And she's been telling
0: me this as well. To and uh, she didn't want to listen. Yeah, but she, that loneliness overtakes us, and we let symbols into our home. Yes, that absolutely. allows the enemy into our home. In fact, I got two real recent stories I want to share with you that are really targeted at other problems today. I did a, I did a little interview on, uh, Jacques Bouillon's podcast not long ago. He's part of the Glenn, Glenn Beck network. And a lady in Portland, Oregon heard this interview. So she calls me with several questions. And her last question was, we're very worried about, fraud in the local elections here in the Portland area what would you recommend for that well nobody ever asked me that before but what pops in my head immediately which I think is the Holy Spirit nudging me I said I think I would write no fraud on the front of these stakes the verses are on the side but the front is blank I'd write no fraud and I would stake the voting locations four stakes for each voting location she said oh that's a great idea I just got some stakes in today I ordered from your website she said I'm gonna do it today She did it. The next morning, it was national news. Fraud has been discovered in the early voting in the Portland area election. We've got to recount all the early votes because of the fraud. Only She called back and she said, you're right. God's word is powerful. She said, now I've got another question. I said, what is it? She said, we have a superintendent and a curriculum director who's pushing the transgender agenda. And they're wanting to show pictures to my fifth grade boy. I don't want him to see. Yeah. So I went to the board meeting to contest this, and they're, I'm booed by the teachers union and booed by other other uh, administrative staff, but it's being pushed by the curriculum director and the superintendent. Yeah. She said, what would you do about that? I said, I think I'd write no transgender on some stakes and stake the administration building." She did that, within two weeks they both resigned. She said, you're right, God's word is powerful. We need to realize we not only have the protection needs that are on the sides of the stakes, put on the front of them, or right on there somewhere too, no fear. No yes. anxiety, no yes. depression, no uh, gluttony, no, I need some self-discipline, right? The things you need or the things you're trying to expel on the stakes too, and it. it makes it even more powerful. The word of God is powerful because he spoke the world into existence. That proves it. But yes. we're children of God, so our words also have power. When we say no fraud, guess what? It's going to be no fraud because the word of God's backing it up, and yes. we're on God's side. It's yes. like when David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Yes. What was he saying? He was saying... We're circumcised. That's the, that's the covenant sign. Yes.
1: They're
0: not, they're not in covenant. Yeah. Therefore, I don't care if he's 30 feet tall. Doesn't matter. We're, God's on our side. Give me yeah. my slingshot and five stones. By the way, you know why he wanted five stones is Goliath had four brothers. He figured he needed one stone for each giant because when he killed Goliath, the four yeah. brothers are going to come after him. He was yeah. so confident in God's yeah. ability to overcome this. That's how we should be in our prayer life and in our declaring God's authority over the land and the people. Yes. Yeah. I think so many believers,
1: Steve, are you know they're they're weakened, they're beat down, they're not taking the authority that we have in Christ, they're not using the Word of God. That's right. And um, I think that's led to a lot of uh, believers uh, fading away from the faith, or you know, saying, you know, I'm weak, I'm powerless, I'm hopeless. That's what right. What can I do? You know, and and when the church is not radiating the power of God and preaching. Yes. The gospel saying you do have power the word of God is quick, it's powerful it's sharper than any two-edged sword That's right. use it the word the spoken word you know Jesus when he was in the wilderness Satan be tempted Jesus couldn't say hang hang on a minute you know let me let me go get the the Torah and, yeah. and, and read right. and, and I'll get back with you in a minute. Yeah. no he had that word in him it rose up. And even if you don't have a word, sometimes it's great to have the word of God, to know it from Genesis to Revelation and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and thy word have I had in my heart. But yeah. sometimes just like the Deuteronomy verse, God can speak that rhema word into your life and give someone that word for whatever condition they're facing, whether it's suicide or right. depression or it could be, you know, demons bothering them or finances, so forth, uh, issue enemy's with real Read Ephesians we,
0: six enemies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and people tend to not think that anymore, uh, you know, from Genesis to revelations, we have an enemy. We have an enemy and even people nowadays, you know, I've been on some different podcasts, as you know, that these people, some of them are not even Christians. You know their near death experience is kind of their niche for podcasting, yeah. and they're just blown away that I that I can back up everything with scriptures. Right. You know, and when the podcast is over, they'll talk to me for thirty minutes an hour, wanting yeah. to know yeah. more and more and more about this.
0: But See, yeah. I have a lot of people that think they know the Bible, and they said one one lady told me one day said, "I know the Bible from generations to revolutions." <laughs> she, she, she's all mixed up yeah. that leads me to two things yes. I want to mention yeah. that, all those stories led to a book called what are the stakes and that's been really fun to share these stories oh, this, and the background on that and one of the things book. that that uh uh I kind of have come to know remember when Jesus didn't do many miracles you're talking about miracles and and, and the power of today but you know Jesus didn't do many miracles where certain places because yes. why No faith. No faith. So if you would have gone to those places, if you'd have gone to those villages and said, Hey, you guys, do you know why Jesus didn't do many miracles here? And they would go, why? You could say, you don't have the faith for it. Yeah. They would have been upset at that. They would have argued with that. They would yes. have said, we're children of Abraham. We have faith. But those kind of things only happen in Moses' time. They don't happen today in Jesus' yeah. time. And we're doing the same thing today. That only happened in Jesus' time. It doesn't happen today. So God's the great I used to could to you. Exactly. And you mentioned that uh, the spoken word was a weapon. See, that's what that's what led to this other, this is my newest book. And I just gave you one of 12 spiritual weapons. Yeah. I started to realize uh, it's not just prayer and God's uh, word as our weapons, because in Mark 9, when Jesus cast out a demon that the disciples had been yes. unable to cast out, they were embarrassed. and They came to him later and said, hey, how come we couldn't cast it out? Yeah. He said that kind. See, there's principalities, power, spirits and authorities there's generals, captains, sergeants and privates. Yeah. That kind requires prayer plus fasting. So I thought, oh my goodness, that's another weapon. So that's three weapons, not just two. And I said, wait a minute, the woman with the issue of blood, she did prayer plus touch. And so always is prayer plus action, but here was prayer plus touch. Here's prayer plus fasting. We got prayer plus oil in James 5. Spoken binding, as you mentioned, spoken rebuke, you mentioned. Then we got testimony, blood of Jesus. I'm up to 64 weapons. Yeah. And the idea is keep adding weapons to what you're praying for begins to happen. Don't give up on prayer. No. And so I put 12 of them in the first book. I just couldn't get all 64 in one book. It'd be too thick. Nobody would want to buy that book. Yes. So I split it up. And I have so many neat stories about the blood of Jesus being a weapon. Yes. And uh, let's talk for a second about my first one in that book. I call it yes. Pray Like a Lawyer. Now, that sounds weird, but I want to explain it to you. Okay. Pray Like a Lawyer. Now, think about it. We have three realms of prayer. We have... Uh, God is our father. Because remember when the disciples said, teach us to pray. They never asked teach us to preach, but they did ask teach us right. to pray. So they knew prayer was where the power came from. So mm-hmm. he said, we'll pray like this, our father who art in heaven. So God is our father. That's the first realm of prayer. It's a family relationship. It's, it's We're adopted. Secondly, he's our friend. You know, he's a friend of Abraham. Jesus said to his disciples, you're my friends. Yes. We want to be friends of God because through Jesus we accepted them. And then the third realm is God is our judge. He is a righteous judge. When he puts on that judge's outfit, I kind of like to equate it like this. If my dad was the county judge in Mason where I grew up and he's on the court and I get caught with speeding, they're going to bring me before the judge and say, judge, you caught him speeding. And the righteous judge is going to say to the police officer, was he speeding? Yes, sir. He was going 70 and 55. Okay. Then guilty, fine, $200. Now, the judge, my dad, gets off the bench, takes off his judges, and he says, I'm his dad, too. Let me pay his fine. Well, that's what Jesus did. Amen. But because God is that righteous judge, sometimes we're praying for it. Let's just say, remember, the, the, there's the judge, and the Jesus is our advocate. That means he's our lawyer. Yes. And then we have an adversary. By the way, in the yes. Greek, you know what that word means? It means one who brings a lawsuit against you. Yes. So we got a, a, a lawyer defending us. We've got a lawyer opposing us, which is Satan. And we got witnesses and we got an, an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is a witness and intercessor for interceding in our prayers and helping us. Yes. So sometimes we're going to God in prayer saying, oh, please heal my cousin. And God says, let's heal his cousin. But then the opposing lawyer, Satan says, hold on, Lord. Steve has unconfessed sin in his life. He's doing this and this, and you know it, and it's the truth. Therefore, I'm saying I'm putting a stay on that answered prayer. Do not answer that prayer. And a righteous judge has to say, that's true. Steve needs to confess that before we can let the blood of Jesus cover it. So for now, we can't answer that prayer. We're gonna we're gonna postpone it. Mm -hmm. Well then I go confess that sin. I say, Lord, what what have I done? Oh yeah, I have done that. Please forgive me, let the blood of Jesus cover. Then we can go back to the judge and he says, answer the prayer. Yeah. Because I so think like a lawyer, pray like a lawyer. And you'll be surprised what might open up for
1: you. Yeah, sometimes it's just uh, all those things. And, you know, Jesus talked to the parable of the teaching about the unjust judge. That's right. It's not that God is an unjust judge. It's the fact that Jesus, you know, the, the judge says, you know, I don't fear God. I don't fear man. You know, whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do. Kind of like a lot of people today. <laughs> yep. And but yet this woman kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. She had her request, her petition that she wanted from this unjust judge.
0: I called it bold tenacity, bold tenacity.
1: And finally the judge relented and he said, uh, man, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, but this woman's just pestering me, you know, I'm gonna give her what she wants just to get rid of her. And not that God is an unjust judge by any means, but just persistence, prevailing tenacity, bold prayer, you know, don't give up. So tell us some more stories, Steve. Uh, well, they, they
0: just kind of, uh, they pour in and I, I do share uh, on, on the podcast, but I have stories about schools, love stories about schools. One lady, uh, in fact, one of the principles I'm learning is when you stake an area and you're sort of, it's sort of like a deed change. You're giving it to God. It's God's land now and he's gonna protect it. I've had people see angels when they do this. Uh, one lady who's a teacher in East Tennessee called and she'd ordered some from my website and she called me and she said, I just have to tell you this story. She said, I wanted these stakes in my classroom because I teach high school science. And the other guy who teaches high school science next door to me is an atheist. And he's okay. very aggressive in his atheism. Yeah. By that, I mean, he comes in my room at the end of every school day and makes fun of me for being a Christian. Wow. Or he makes fun of God or, sure. or the Bible. Yeah. And so I'm grading papers and every day he's coming in, yeah. attacking." So I ordered the steaks and I put one in the, hid them in the corners of my room, one behind the trash can, one behind the potted plant, one behind the file cabinet, one behind my desk. Nobody knows they're there, but me. And I wanted to see how it affected him and said that afternoon he came in and he took two steps in my room and he stopped and he got a really scared, funny look on his face and he turned around and he ran out of my room and he will not come back in my room. He hollers at me from the hallway, but he yeah. won't set foot in my room. And yeah. she said, God's word is powerful. You're yes. you're right. And I also had a teacher in, in Little Rock that heard me speak in Oklahoma, got some steak from at Little Rock. And two weeks later, she called and said, you're not yeah. going to believe this. Now, I love it when they start with, you're not going to believe yeah. this, because I'm going to believe it. I've heard it all yes. now. Right. She said, I teach high school special ed, severely handicapped children. Mm. Two of my kids this year have an uh, IQ of uh, 50. They can't count past five. Yeah. They they can, uh, I think, or four, I think it was four. She said, they know some other numbers, but they can't get them in sequence in the right order. Yeah. She said, so I staked the room and prayed, read the verses the next day. And every day since then, they can count to a 100, both of wow. them. I said, how many mental health conditions have yeah. an element of, of demonic or spiritual warfare that we don't even consider? Yeah. In fact, I, I was walking up to a booth at a Christian convention, the uh, NRB convention, National Religious Broadcasters. This last year, it was in Dallas. And I was walking up to the booth, uh, the exhibit for the Ark. You know, the Ark that's in Kentucky, yes. that's the full size. And I had been there the day it opened. And I love their exhibit. I love the program. And this lady sees me. She's working at that booth. blonde headed lady starts walking up to me. And I'm walking up, and there's this big... You know, picture the ark and all this, and I just said, "Ma'am, I love what you guys are doing. I was there the day it opened. I support your ministry. I, re- I love Ken Ham." And, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she said, "You're Steve Hempel. Huh. And I said, "This is in Dallas." I said, how, "How do you know me?" She said, "Do you remember the lady from Memphis who called you because her son was 17? He's a great kid till he started listening to Billy Eilish music, satanic yes. music, yes. and then he now he's having hallucinations and he's cussing in every sentence." Yes. and I said. Yes, I remember you. Your son got put uh, diagnosed bipolar and put in a psychiatric hospital on five kinds of medication. She said, that's right. And you told me to burn all the uh, connections to the Masonic Lodge and the Shriners that were in our home and to put verses around his room that the nurse it was in covid so she yeah. couldn't even see him in the hospital wow. the medication didn't help he's still cussing and and hallucinating yeah. and but i can't even visit him so she she uh, we have a free document called how to stake your property uh, this is the, this, it's a free download on our website and it just described the verses are on the back and it describes this as a prophetic act and you're invoking God's power and his word in that area where you're staking. And so we told her to download that and make a bunch of copies of the back page that has all the verses on it and put them around his room, put them under his pillow, put them in the corners, put them under his bedpost. She said, she's crying now. She had tears streaming down her face. She said, we did that. And the next morning he was fine. He led a Bible study for that wing of the hospital. She said, and he wears, we have these wristbands, First John 4, 4. He that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. And then we have the little plastic cards with the same verses as the stakes. She said he has a card in his pocket and a wristband on it. He teaches at Bible camp. He's never had another problem. She's crying. She's saying, you're right. God's word is still powerful. Thank you for reminding me of that. Like I said, you can't make this stuff up. They call me every day with more stories. I don't even know these people. So there's people right now trying to uh, plan to stake out the election places all over the United States because I think election uh, integrity is in question right now and pushing this transgender agenda. There's no greater slap in the face. Than to say, well, God made me a man, but I'm a woman. God made me a woman, but I'm a man. God made a mistake, so I'm really not what God made me. That's the, that's the ultimate spitting in God's face, if yes, you ask me. It is. And we're deceived. We're deceived by an enemy who's unseen. Our yes. enemy is not another person telling me yes. we're stupid. Our enemy is, is not flesh and blood. Read right. Ephesians 6. Yes. That's what it's all about.
1: Amen.